It's a mistake to think a new scoreboard with flashing lights and fireworks will somehow improve your score. The only way to improve your score is to improve how you play the game. And now, Money Matters USA with Fred Sage. And you also need to work with your advisor to create multiple income streams. You're at the right place for information every week regarding all the components of a successful retirement plan. Asset allocation is really a driving force for how much your accounts are going to grow. Fred Sade is a financial fiduciary and retirement specialist. I have to put the client's interest ahead of my own pocketbook at, at all times. I must be able to justify why I'm making the recommendations. Money Matters USA with Fred Sade. Hey, welcome. It's Money Matters USA, the podcast, well, that's designed to give you the information that you need and a lot of things to consider in retirement planning. Now, Fred Sade, the host of this podcast, is there for you and helping you develop those strategies. He's the founder and managing director of the fiduciary firm Money Matters USA. Retirement planning from someone with a PhD in economics from Duke University and years experience in the financial arena, specifically the retirement arena. And this is our first podcast of 2022. Happy New Year, Fred. Happy New Year, Dave. Here we go. Another year. Let's make it a good one. Well, we're going to do everything we can. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, today we're going to tackle a different subject. Now, many people rely on a legacy approach or some variation of one to solve a major problem. Now, it's incredibly important to understand how longevity works. And the whole issue of life expectancy, it's not well understood by the public. But someone who retires in 2030 or so will have a life expectancy that is less than it was in 2005 because we're increasing retirement age faster than people are living longer. It's the fact that which has forced Congress to defer any solution to the Social Security benefit and revenue problem. And since we're responsible for our own retirement today anyway, should we include housing as part of our wealth and as a usable asset? So, I, I mean, we're going to talk out of the box here, it sounds like, Fred. Yeah, we are. We're, 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 we're going to look at uh, um, wealth holistically and when you look at wealth holistically, you have to look at all of your assets. And one of the assets that people always ignore is housing wealth. Whenever, whenever you fill out a statement of, of your uh, assets, liabilities, net worth, housing wealth always is is looked at as a an inactive asset has no has no uh, immediate value now i realize that for some people reverse mortgages have a terrible reputation i mean it just leaves a terrible taste in their mouth but the truth of the matter is these have been fixed and they have been overhauled and they're really not flawed. And some academics, two examples would, would be Wade Fow and, and Michael Finca, suggest that these products are appropriate and they should be used. And many people don't consider housing as part of their wealth. So my question is, do your kids really want your house? Really? Is that what they want? <laughs> Is it right? Well, I mean, I 
Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of people want to pay off their mortgage before they retire. I think it's just ingrained in our psyche in many ways. Some folks take a mortgage into retirement. So does it matter what they do, which they do? Well, th there is disagreement uh, about which is better. Should you pay it off or do you use the money to invest? If you tie the money up in the house, that's a cultural thing, I think, for a lot of people, as you suggested. And it, But it's dormant equity. It doesn't earn anything. And if you invest in the market, well, it might, it might pay off. But interest rates are low right now and they're, they're still low going up a little bit but but not but not you know greatly mm -hmm. so a lot of people don't think that a mortgage payment's any big deal and and you know they they want the interest deduction so but a reverse mortgage could be used to pay off a mortgage or it could be used to purchase a new home and in any case the debt is totally uh, extinguished it's paid off I knew someone considering it, and I think their big concern was the legacy, what they leave for their, their children. And what happens if there is a reverse mortgage? Suppose the kids don't want the house. As you indicated, it could be a possibility. What's the impact on your assets? Well, the um, credit line on a reverse mortgage could theoretically grow and theoretically it could be worth more than the market value of the house so if that happens you have two assets working for you from my perspective the house is just simply another asset and if you draw on the equity how do you use it and with a reverse mortgage at death the parent homeowner Whichever one is the final one stays in the house. And at that point, the children can sell the house and they can keep the money uh, over the indebtedness that's owed on the reverse mortgage. Well, now, getting back to some basics, home equity conversion mortgages are FHA loans with mortgage ins insurance, and it makes the loan non-recourse. If the loan is worth more than the house— you're not responsible for the difference. You keep the title to the house. You cannot be evicted as long as you maintain the property, pay for the homeowner's insurance, pay the taxes. You must be age 62, live in the house as your primary residence, and can borrow between 40 to 60% to of the equity. Depending on your age, the loan can be a lump sum or a credit line. Now, as you said earlier, the credit line can grow and credits the same interest rate as the rate on the mortgage. The credit line can become larger than the house should you get a reverse mortgage. Well, here, here are some ways that I think people might think about it. For example, suppose you have a lot of equity in the home. You have a lot of gain in a house that you bought relatively inexpensively. And you don't have income outside of money that's coming from a 401k uh, or an IRA. That's money that's going to be taxed as ordinary income. Well, a reverse mortgage could make a lot of sense because you now can take draws from the reverse mortgage and that is a return of your own principal, so it's it's not tax, so it's tax-free cash flow. 
Uh, it could also make sense uh, in a down market where you're where you're portfolio dependent for your income, and now you can uh, leave the portfolio alone and let it grow and breathe, and and not uh, be subject to sequence of of risk return. So, on the question of how effective is a reverse mortgage, I, I think, or even on your whether your kids want the the house. I think you need to re really be very realistic uh, and talk to your kids, but realistic. Do your kids want to inherit your home? Ask them. Have this conversation. Be realistic. Or they would prefer to have some other asset. Most, most kids don't want their parents' home. So if you're going to leave them something, leave them the equity uh, of the home so they don't have to hassle uh, with it. Or if that's not to your liking, then leave, leave them at beneficiaries of a life insurance policy and leave the legacy that way so they don't have to uh, sort out the, the sale of the home, which, which may sell quickly in today's uh, overheated housing market. But, you know, uh, one year from now, two years from now, 10 years, 20, 25 years, 30 years from now, that might not be uh, the case. And here are some other considerations that I've been noodling on. If you have a lot of loans, including tax liens, federal estate, you can use home equity to pay off what amounts to a jumbo debt or a jumbo loan and get out clean. If you need tax-free cash flow, which, which everybody does in, in, their, in their tax plan, in the, in the income that they're going to harvest, that's another thing. Uh, if you pay the interest on a reverse mortgage, and you can, you don't have to, but if you do, you can deduct the interest just the way you would on a forward conventional mortgage. And you may not have any sources of non-taxed income. You might not have any Roths, for example. You might not have any cash flow from life insurance. If you're receiving Social Security, the interest on muni bonds is included, so it's it's no longer tax free. And one of the, you know, as I said, noodling through this thing through, one of the objection I get uh, some of the time is from people who will say to me, "Well, I, I have a a HELOC, a home equity line of credit. Mm -hmm. uh, why shouldn't I do that? Why should I get a reverse mortgage?" Well, first of all. The reverse mortgage is a non-recourse loan. You have no obligation to pay it back. The HELOC is, is a uh, loan that you must pay back. It, some lenders require the HELOC to be collateralized, and that's going to tie up your, that's going to tie up and freeze assets that could be used for either growth or possibly, uh, for income, the, the whole idea of the HELOC is not—it's not supposed to be a permanent thing. It's got to be repaid, and it could have a variable line of credit. Now we have seen them canceled. They were canceled in 2020 and in 2008, for example. They can be frozen. Uh, HELOCs are not great solutions. So if you want to use, not you could use a HELOC if 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 you want to bridge Social Security in a deferral strategy, but you could do the same thing 
with with a uh, reverse mortgage and have tax-free uh, income. So what I thought I would do uh, is set up uh, an example. So I, I took a real example. I've changed the names of uh, my clients just to protect their uh, their, their their confidentiality. Uh, but the fact pattern is is accurate. So meet Harry and Lucy. They are 65 years old, and they have $5 million in assets. They had their home recently appraised at $3 million. They have a brokerage account, which is after tax, uh, which has a market value of $1 million. And they have an IRA, which has a market value uh, also of $1 million. So their income plan is to take Social Security and take a 5% withdrawal on the $2 million portfolio for income. So what, what we did is a comparison with and without a reverse mortgage. And we looked at a reverse mortgage with a credit line. We also looked at it with a lump sum. So here's what we found. When you use a reverse mortgage and you do the Monte Carlo simulations, they have a 77% probability of success if they take a lump sum withdrawal, and they have an 81% probability of success if they draw money out on a monthly basis. Now, it, this the, the results make sense because if you do it in a lump sum, we're not necessarily getting any market return. We don't know how that money uh, is going to be used, and they wouldn't make any commitment on how they would use the money. They may use it to improve the house. They may use it for a vacation. They may use it for a trip. They may use it for gifts. So I just took it out of the out of the equation. Well, 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 good point to take a break because we're not done yet with Harry and Lucy. Uh, Fred's going to continue looking at these strategies involving them and their situation. We'll revisit, but a quick break. When we come back, we'll pick up on the analysis to see if a reverse mortgage improves the life of the portfolio over using a reverse mortgage as a last resort. And that is coming up on Money Matters USA. Are you losing sleep over market volatility affecting your hard-earned retirement savings? You can't afford to lose a big portion of your nest egg with not enough time to recover. Many people want safety and the guarantee of principle, but also prefer the potential of higher growth with the market. And now you can have both. Call Fred Zaid at Money Matters USA at 800-593-8188. That's 800-593-8188. Hey, welcome back. It's Money Matters USA. Consumer Advocate Dave Perkins with Fred Sade, founder, managing director of the firm Money Matters USA. He contributes so much great information here on this podcast. We have the video series of the same name, Money Matters USA. And Fred also contributes to many financial publications and websites. And he keeps up with the changing, ever-changing world of retirement planning and shares strategies with you on this podcast every week. Well, we, um, we ch- Fred changed 
the names to protect the innocent, actually to protect their <laughs> anonymity. <laughs> and, right. But uh, th these are real-life situations we're looking at, but fictitious names, Harry and Lucy. So to review, Harry and Lucy, who plan to take Social Security in 5% withdrawals from their $2 million portfolios, uh, were looking at whether or not a reverse mortgage would help them prolong the life of their portfolios rather than using a reverse mortgage as a last resort. Right. So I ran additional uh, Monte Carlo simulations. And what the Monte Carlo simulations give us is a range of probability. And that range of probability runs from ages 89 to 96 years of age if they use home equity to prolong the life of the portfolios. Without home equities, the portfolios run out of money, the range is between 84 to uh, 89. And in the first instance, we are clearly protecting against the sequence of risk return. In the second case, we are, we are not. We, we're, hitting that, we're hitting the portfolios no matter what. Oh, you, well, sequence of return, you mentioned that. Does the, does the reverse mortgage mitigate the risk there? Well, you know, I, I said that it did. Uh, others have said it, so I decided to do a little, right. a little thinking and, and do a little uh, research. So, first of all, I had to pick a time period to use for the analysis, and I decided to use a recent time period, 2000 to 2010, as a, as a proxy for what you could expect. When, what I'm seeing here is the analysis showed that if I started the portfolio with $2 million for, uh, and this is, this is again for, for, for my clients, the portfolios are going to be worth about $1.5 one during the decade. And the portfolios would, would last 27 years and they would be at a zero balance at, at age 91. Now, the home still has value. So what the, at that point, what, what the income sources would be Social Security and, a ho and home equity uh, for, for income. Now, if I add the reverse mortgage and we take out about 100000 a year for the first three years, because the first three years of the decade were, were negative, uh, at the end of the decade, we have $1.9 million. And I have assumed that the that the home has about nine hundred thousand of equity uh, by age ninety one. So my conclusion from the Monte Carlo scenarios is that if I used a reverse mortgage, it's going to protect their income withdrawals from the sequence of risk return, and they still wind up with more assets in the end. They have a bigger portfolio. They have less house value, but they have more portfolio mm -hmm. uh, value. So it, it works out uh, for them. Looking at reverse mortgages and some other questions people I'm sure have for you is, can you use a reverse mortgage to pay for long-term care? Can you pay life insurance premiums for poorly performing life insurance policy or even the taxes on Roth conversions? Well, you can certainly pay the for premium for long-term care. You can pay for assisted living using home equity, and you can also use home uh, equity, the liquidity, to pay for life insurance premiums. Let me just add something uh, else that uh, just just occurred to me. I was monitoring a do-it-yourselfer 
uh, group on Facebook, and somebody mentioned something that his wife uh, was in assisted living for all of uh, 2021. And his question was, could he deduct the cost of assisted living? And there were all sorts of answers. I usually don't respond uh, to, to these. I just sit there and monitor. But this one, I said, well, might as well uh, give, give him a dose of reality. Mm-hmm. And uh, the answer is only that portion of the assisted living charges and the, um, uh, the, the uh, financial folks there uh, can break it out for you. Only that portion that goes for medical care, prescription drugs, that sort of thing, dental care, uh, only that piece can be deducted if you can, if it exceeds 7.5% of adjusted gross income. The other costs for assisted living that have nothing to do with medical care, they're non-deductible. Well, it was very interesting. Uh, I'd say three people uh, agreed with me. One guy posted a link from the IRS uh, website, and everybody else was <laughs> ranting and raving, and and, 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 and uh, was questioning my progeny. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, yeah, <laughs> but there was well, that one guy, though. <laughs> well, there always there always is uh, a long time. Uh, I, you know, the other thing to consider um, if 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 a spouse uh, is in assisted living and uh, has a life insurance policy, you want to keep that policy mm-hmm. uh, going. Uh, you, don't, you do not want that policy to, to lapse. That, that policy may be closer to a claim than you can imagine. And home equity is, is a much more effective thing to do. Don't sell that policy. No, no reputable firm is going to buy that policy in, uh, in, in, those, in that circumstance, in my, in my opinion. I think the uh, so far as Roth conversions go, well, if you're a 401k or an IRA millionaire, you got some very hard choices that you need to make. Now you're going to need income from tax these tax deferred accounts from the 401k, the IRA, the 457, any of these plans, and that means you're going to be paying high taxes. This is money that's never been taxed, and it's going to be taxed at, at very high. Uh, at progressive tax rates. So if your children are in lower tax brackets, then from a tax perspective, you may want to use a reverse mortgage to take income rather than taking income from your tax deferred accounts. Now, you may have to take required minimum distributions, uh, but those could be reinvested uh, in in something else that, that could be productive, particularly in an after-tax accounts, after-tax brokerage account, for example, or some other uh, account that is uh, after-tax. Now, if you do this, so your kids are going to get less house value at the time of your death, but they're going to have more larger IRA and 401ks that they're going to have to deal with because that's going to be taxable. So this kind of choice, and it is a choice, that you have to make only if you're paying taxes at the highest brackets. And right now, they're in much lower brackets. They have not hit their peak earning potential. Also, they can inherit as non-spousal 
beneficiaries, and they've got uh, 10 years to liquidate the account, and they can stretch out the taxes. Another thing you could do is you could use home equity, which, again, is tax-free. You could pay the taxes on partial Roth conversions. You can do these every year, especially if your kids are in high tax brackets, because you want them to inherit the Roths. It's a much better choice than inheriting IRAs or 401ks. Now, they, they're going to have RMDs, but they are income tax-free, and they have to be taken out over the same year tax period. I have no idea why um, the Roths are subject to the 10-year distribution. I guess Congress is hoping that people will spend the money that will, will generate taxes, but mm -hmm. that, that, that's my guess. Well, let me ask you this. Could you use an income annuity instead of a reverse mortgage? I don't see why not. An income annuity uh, certainly uh, would be very effective because it would provide mortality credits. Um, fixed index annuities can, can do that. Um, a reverse mortgage cannot uh, provide mortality credits. The annuity can have beneficiaries. Uh, who would inherit a, a non-qualified annuity can be stretched. All the the uh, st the, the uh, stretch rules only apply to qualified funds. Non-qualified can be stretched out over multiple uh, generations. There's one other point that I uh, was thinking about that some commentators. Uh, just don't understand that interest rates on income annuities are not what's driving the income annuity. What's driving the income annuity is the rate of withdrawal and how fast you can benefit from the mortality pooling. So your withdrawal rate could be high. It could be 10%. Not the, It's not your interest rates, but it's the rate at which you're withdrawing money. You know, people make a big deal out of the 4% rule. Now you got a 10% <laughs> withdrawal. And the faster you go through your own money means that you're benefiting from mortality pooling. The insurance company does not have to insure every risk. It just has to insure average mortality. And once it does that, it can afford to pay out of the pool. You're getting paid out of the pool. And that's lifetime. So you, you cannot outlive uh, what an income annuity or even the or an income benefit from a fixed index annuity uh, can can do for you. There's nothing else that can match it. Well, as I mentioned all the time, you get us thinking, so I just thought of something else, Fred. Suppose you want to pay off the reverse mortgage or, or get into some tax strategies. Can you do that? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't see why not. Um, let's, um, let's do some hypotheticals. Let's say your kids want to sell the home and they want to pay off the loan interest because they want the deduction. Mm -hmm. So how do they do that? In other words, in order to offset a deduction, you have to have income. So suppose the heirs inherit a large IRA so they're going to inherit a tax burden, which is called income in respect of a decedent. So what they can do is take a distribution from the IRA, and that will be an offset so they can get to deduct mortgage interest. They could also do Roth conversions. 
they can increase their income, show higher income, and now they, they have something to deduct uh, against that. Uh, then they could pay off the interest during retirement. But you have to bunch deductions. I mean, because the, the aim of the uh, Tax Cuts and Jobs Act was to give you a standard deduction that would, for the most part, eliminate all other deductions. But there are possibilities that you could bunch some deductions. So here's another strategy. You could, you could fund a donor advice fund, take a mortgage interest deduction by paying the mortgage interest. And on the reverse mortgage. And the result is you get income from your IRA or some other, you know, tax deferred account. Or you could do Roth more, more conversions. But whatever you're doing, you're going to get a smaller tax hit because you are getting the deduction for the donor advised funds and you're getting the deduction for the mortgage interest. Uh, taxes are always complicated. Yeah. And uh, I would suggest if you want to get more meat here, you can watch our video series, uh, which we, where we do cover taxes and their and their implications. So if I can sum it up, uh, if you're going to stay in your home, and you're going to stay there until death, there's very little downside to a reverse mortgage. There's a lot of upside, tax free income, avoiding sequence of risk return, less tax exposure on your Social Security. You've created an option which you can exercise if you need future income. You can provide options to your heirs, give them choices. As far as I'm concerned, reverse mortgage is, is, is like a Swiss Army knife. It, it's pretty hard to beat the Swiss Army knife. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, and, and you can find the right use for, for you, too. And it's certainly something that can be looked at as an option and what you want and how you want to live in your retirement and, and as far as considering your heirs as well. That's part of a conversation that you can have with Fred Sade. And, and again, you can schedule that with a simple phone call to the number 800-593-8188. Again, 800-593-8188. 8188. You give us a lot to think about here on this podcast and on the video series. Fred, we'll continue. We'll keep going with it. Oh, yes. Uh, we'll keep doing it as long as it's fun. It's a lot of fun uh, yeah, doing, doing this. And when you're living in a time of uncertainty, which we're doing right now, it, it's it's important to be able to give people certainty and, and, and reduce uh, some of the frustration and fear that's out there. No, exactly. And, you know, I, I have no doubt it will remain fun and challenging and definitely thought provoking. So thank you for joining us. Please stay with us on the podcast Money Matters USA. Investment advisory services offered through Money Matters USA, LLC. Fred Sade and his guests provide general information, not individually targeted personalized advice, and are not liable for the usage of information discussed. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell in any of these financial vehicles. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only 
only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to the securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are offered through Money Matters USA, LLC. By contacting Money Matters USA, you may be provided information regarding the purchase of insurance products.